Hey everyone, and welcome back to the multidimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr. And hey, thank you so much for making it back here. If you are new to this podcast, just know it is all about spirituality, wellness, mental health, and of course, ayahuasca. I am a licensed therapist who has crossed over into the alternative healing world. Um, About in 2016, this journey started, and it's just really important to me that all of these things melt together, and so we can reclaim our truth and remember why we came here. So today, we're going to be talking about tips for your ayahuasca preparation. So stay tuned. And first, we're going to hear from our sponsors. All right, so let's dive right in to your ayahuasca preparation. So I kind of meditated on some things as I myself am preparing to sit here um, in a couple of weeks. And actually, I just found out I will also be sitting this weekend. So perhaps I'll have some insight for last minute reservations um, for your ceremony. And the first thing that came to mind and that I wrote down was um, begin to journal to to sit to write with yourself um and this may seem very simple and yet it is and it's extremely powerful um when we write we connect our free stream of consciousness to our external reality we give um you know give space to our internal landscape and It's a good practice just to begin to get into, um, as this is something that will also be really important for your integration. So I really encourage you just to sit with yourself, um, you know, make time for yourself in the morning, in the evening to just reflect on some of the things that are naturally coming up for you and, you know, whatever that is, whatever comes to mind, I really encourage um, no judgment. You know, there doesn't have to be a prompt. It's more so like, you know, what's what um, what's been on your mind? What's on your heart? What are some things as you go into this experience? Um, what's coming up for you? And it's really to become conscious and aware. Um, and I don't really recommend... No holding too tight onto anything that comes up, but rather just stay open and in reflection. Yeah, so um, my number two that I wrote down was get used to crying if you haven't already. <laughs> and, um, you know, if there's one thing that busts this open, you know, really, really way open, it's ayahuasca. And it's an incredible channel for us um, not to just express tears of grief and pain, but also um, infinite love, bliss, and ecstasy. Um, and, you know, just to kind of be aware of the emotional aspects of ourselves that will be opened in ceremony. And, it's truly so, so beautiful. I can't really even think of anything or an experience 
at least um, with with my own experiences that I've had, um, that you know when you're when you're in the medicine space and you're just feeling, and it's combined with support from the group and the music from the facilitators and so many incredible things. So if you're not used to crying, if this isn't something you're comfortable with, um, beginning to allow yourself to um, open up to this emotional aspect of yourself. And really this just requires you slowing down, getting still, and making space for yourself. And this is also a really good practice because this is what you'll do um, also, once again, um, in your integration, the slowing down, making space, and getting quiet, um, and reflecting. Um, It's probably one of the best ways we can integrate our experiences because so much happens in such a little amount of time, right? A couple of days, a weekend, uh, so on and so forth. And we really want to give ourselves that time to open up um, and allow ourselves to feel. Um, So that was number two. Uh, Number three, um, breath work. You know, getting yourself to a breath work circle or just doing some breath work in your... um, your house, your apartment, wherever you're living, um, putting a little playlist together for yourself and engaging in some energizing and opening and expanding breath work. Um, I've noticed that it really opens up the channels, uh, of all your chakras and, um, you know, from head to throat, heart, you know, our stomach, um, our root chakra and just, really opening up all those channels. Um, and it's really great because I've definitely gone to ceremonies where I was afraid and shut down. And of course, if you're coming to ceremony like that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Just looking back on it, I would say if I had the tools and the knowledge of breath work, which I did not back then, it is absolutely um, empowering. So if you can get yourself... Um, into a quick breathwork routine. Um, It doesn't even need to be longer than 20 minutes. Just a way to open up all those channels and be ready to receive, you know, Um, because when we are open, we are ready to receive whatever uh, the medicine wants to deliver to us Um, because there are many gifts that are waiting for us in ceremony, yet um, we just have to be open to them. So it's kind of one of my one of my tips there um and then number four i put rumination coping skills so um i'm not saying this will happen to everybody but there's definitely times where you kind of get stuck in thought loops or you just become overstimulated by other participants in the ceremony and maybe you just feel like you can't get out of your head and the best way to uh we're gonna go over some so Um, One of the ways to exit rumination, just return back to the body, is uh, using the music as an anchor. Um, And if it's silence, then using the silence as an anchor. Allowing yourself to really feel what is happening. Uh, That can be really, really great. 
Um, Another one is alternate nostril breathing. Um, And sometimes you're so deep in the throes of the medicine, you probably can't even find (laughs) your way um, to open and close your nose. But if you're ruminating, you're most likely stuck and looking for a way out. So alternate nostril breathing is definitely the way to go as it will return you back to your body, back to your parasympathetic nervous system, and help you relax deep into the experience. Um, Another uh, skill here is to ask for help, you know, which is probably one of the hardest things to do when you're in the throes of the medicine. But just to, you know, ask the facilitator to assist you. And usually, you know, they might have some hoppe, that might help you get out of your head and ground yourself, or they might just help you co-regulate, you know, just being able to talk to somebody and get you out of your head, maybe spray some Agua de Florida on you, do some sort of healing work on you, that can also really, really help. Um, and that brings me to number five. Um, so number five says hape. <laughs> um, I know that not everyone is a, you know, uh, a fan of this or aligned with this medicine, but it's definitely um, something that has been a game changer for me. It has opened up my chakras. It's helped me ground quite immediately. Um, And I'll put a link in the description for um, a link to some some hoppe that I really like. It's by Chakra Healing. Um, it's really, really awesome. And being able to work with it outside of ceremony, uh, will definitely give you the confidence to, um, use it before, during, or after ceremony with the facilitators, if you feel called. Um, either way though, it will help you stay focused and grounded and energized in your days, um, coming up to the ceremony. So number six, um, I wrote, have your integration planned. And so your integration plan is totally up to you. It's totally unique to everybody. How you integrate is um, very individualized, but having some sort of plan, even if that plan is doing nothing the day after, you know, doing some of the things that we talked about, um, journaling, making space for yourself, reflecting, giving yourself time to record what has happened and watch how the meaning of it unfolds um, in the days and the weeks and the months to come. So having some sort of integration plan, it can be really, really helpful. Uh, That brings me to number seven, um, probably one of my favorite things to do here, which is inner child work. And inevitably the inner child always comes up um, in ceremony as um, you are able to access parts of yourself that are just simply and often suppressed. You know, that includes memories, that includes emotions, that includes, um, yeah, so many different things that naturally just come up. And so inner child work can be done in many, many different ways. Um, it all starts with just connecting and accessing that little part of you and really giving it reverence. 
Um, in a lot of ways, the inner child is the soul. It is the original self before programming, before the imprinting of consciousness. And a lot of us come to the medicine because we are looking to change the programs that are seemingly running our life. So if you can access this part of you, um, it will really set you up um, for good preparation as well as an integration for sure. Um, and then number eight. So, um, I wrote having the skills to deal with whatever comes up. And this is obviously, um, multiple things in, in one line here. Um, but if you've never sat in ceremony before, um, that might sound like a daunting task. So I guess this is more for my individuals that have, sat in ceremony several times and um, you know specifically what skills you need to deal with whatever comes up. So um, oftentimes it's simply just knowing how to ground yourself and your breath is everything in the medicine space. Um, Staying connected to that, knowing that is what is going to help move everything it's gonna it's gonna it's what's gonna help ground you stay oriented um it also helps to have like an object that you can bring that's small of course um to kind of use as a tactile grounding method um the sense of touch can bring us back to the moment uh even when we're in the throes of the medicine um and kind of like how i mentioned earlier asking for help Um, Asking for help is really, really important. Um, Knowing that we can ask for help is really important. So, you know, maybe making that connection prior to the medicine, um, prior to taking it, you know, connecting with one of the facilitators um, to be like, hey, can I go to you when I'm not, you know, uh, maybe if I don't feel grounded or if I don't feel well or um, making that connection prior can really set you up for, um, when it comes to asking that it won't be as hard because you've already established that connection. Um, and you know, the skills part to deal with whatever comes up also includes listening to your inner guiding intelligence. So listening to what you personally feel like you'll need that evening. And that can change right from, person to person to ceremony to ceremony for some people it's having really comfy pillows for some people it's making sure they bring ear um you know earbuds to silence out maybe some of the extra noise um all sorts of things there um your own water that sort of thing um whatever's going to make you feel comfortable um and at home because in a sense you're going somewhere that's um, usually not your home, although some people do do it in the comfort of their home. So whatever you need to bring to help you feel um, more comfortable, that's going to make you feel a little more grounded and confident to cope with whatever comes up. Um, So these are some tips for your ayahuasca preparation. And if you're curious about anything that I mentioned um, and you want to go more in depth, you can check out my YouTube Uh, On my YouTube channel, I have more extensive information about all the things I mentioned here today on the podcast. 
Um, and if you have any, you know, questions, comments, or concerns about your own ayahuasca preparation, please feel free to call in. There is an option for that if you are using the Anchor app. If not, just feel free to email me at the multidimensional journey at gmail.com. And I'm just wishing you blessings and excellent energy for your upcoming ayahuasca and um, your ayahuasca preparation process. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by once again. And as always, remember why you came here.